You are listening to The Real Men Feel Show with Andy Grant. Real Men Feel encourages men to allow and express all of their emotions. Despite what you may have been taught, all emotions do serve you. Real Men Feel is committed to engaging in discussions that most men aren't having, but you don't need to be a man to join us. The Real Men Feel Show is produced weekly for your growth and enjoyment. Listen to us on podcast platforms including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and many more. You can also watch the show on YouTube by visiting realmenfeel.org slash YouTube. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or subscribe on iTunes by visiting realmenfeel.org slash iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at realmenfeel.org and at facebook.com slash realmenfeelshow. All links mentioned in each episode are in the show notes found on the blog at realmenfeel.org. Real Men Feel is brought to you by The Good Men Project. Visit goodmenproject.com for more of the conversations no one else is having. Your reviews, comments, feedback, and participation are welcome during the live show and anytime in our Facebook group, on Twitter, or at realmenfeel.org. Now, let's get into this week's show. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Real Men Feel. This is your host, Andy Grant, and I am really excited for tonight because uh, we, we have the gathering of elders. I've, I've gathered men representing masculinity from around the globe. Well, no, I've asked uh, some guys in our private Real Men Feel group to come on and, and discuss things with me. And, you know, what we're going to talk about is, is something that was, was triggered by um, one of the writers I edit on uh, thegoodmenproject.com. Darnell Donerson wrote uh, an article called, I don't understand why telling someone to man up or grow a pair is bad. And I just thought that was so ripe for discussion. So um, Darnell, let's welcome you back. Darnell, how are you hey. doing tonight? I am doing great tonight, man. Cool. So uh, you, were on the sh- you were on the show back in August, and yeah. it was all about, you. I think it was the first thing you wrote for, for The Good Man, about your confidence. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I was amazed because I thought, well, and I told you this in before the show, during the show, that you seem to be a remarkably confident man to express yourself in writing and then come on to the podcast and, and share that as well. Yeah. It, something that went over my head until you pointed it out in the podcast. It was like, you're writing about, you know, how you want to be confident and you're putting it all out there, which is in itself something that takes a lot of confidence to do, especially, you know, with anything you put out on the internet, you know, you're going to have to face some type of feedback. So you don't know how it's going to be taken. And then when you're putting out that you're, you know, struggling with, you know, any type of insecurity or anything, that in itself can be challenging because I know a lot of people don't want to talk about that. Cool. So, and so before we get going then have, now that you've been out, you know, in public for a while and and sharing your views, has there been any kind of backlash or has it been mostly positive for you? it's been all positive for me. Awesome. Um, so that's been a, a wonderful experience because I, sh- I made sure to share it with a lot of the guys that I talked to in my life and they were like very receptive to it and they gave me great feedback and they said they just wanted to continue uh, reading some of the stuff I've been writing. So, you know, it got some, got some new readers to the good man project. Beautiful. Beautiful. Nice. So we've also got, and I'll, uh, I'll introduce each guy as I see them, and you can just come on and say say hello. But uh, we have Al joining us. Hello. How you doing? And we have How Anthony. You? How you doing? <laughs> I am doing fine. We will we... be in competition. Yeah. <laughs> so, I just want to fill a little bit of context. It doesn't mean tonight. Oh, yeah. It means, yeah. No. A- Anthony is our, our reigning leader in appearances on The Real Men Feel Show, and, and uh, uh, Darnell is kind of taking that challenge on. <laughs> This is number six, so uh, yeah, you got some catching up to do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but, uh, we also have Boysen, who has been here a number of times as well, and uh, yeah, might be good. in second place. I think this is four for me. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Yeah. A lot of competition, Darnell. But uh, <laughs> do it. So, I, so again, uh, Darnell, I'm gonna I'm gonna post the article where where everywhere this podcast is listed and such. So you, you don't you don't have to read it tonight, but. Um, can you kind of just, again, give me the background of why you wrote it and, and what the main point, um, 
well, I mean, the main point sounds like it's right in the title. You know, I don't, I don't understand why being someone telling me to man up or grow a pair is bad. So can mm-hmm. you just give a little background or, or a overview of that? Well, it, it actually ties into the whole confidence article I wrote. Like one of the things that I love is I've always had guys in my life who are very direct and they provide very great constructive criticism. And one of the ways that we've always gone about doing that is just say, hey, you know, dude, you need to grow up here right now, especially when, you know, maybe I'm complaining too much about something. And, you know, it's been like that since I would say high school, you know, being in JRRTC Air Force. And we, I remember the first time my instructor walked in, he was just like, you know what? I don't like white people. I don't like black people. I don't like Asians. I don't like Hispanics. I'm going to push your buttons. This was like the first thing he said to us. He's like, I'm just going to push your buttons all the time. And the more he pushed our buttons, the more, you know, we responded well. When I didn't have people in my life who did that type of thing, it didn't respond well for me. That's when I backtracked the most. That's when I stopped doing I stopped st- paying attention to the, to the things I needed to be working on in life. And I stopped working towards my goals. Anytime I had a guy in my life just to say, you need to grow up hair or you need to man up, they never meant it in a very negative way. They always meant it in a very positive way. I, I break down criticism into two groups, constructive criticism and people who just want to tear you down for absolutely no reason. All the guys, they've always... Whenever they gave me feedback, they took an interest in wanting to see how things progressed. It was never just like, hey, you need to do this, and then I'm going to just leave you alone. They always checked on me. They always pushed me whenever I was down, whenever I was feeling depressed. They tried to motivate me, and one of the ways was grow up here. I never, I just don't see any type of negative connotation to it. Um, for me, it just means, you know, learn how to handle your stress and don't quit. Hmm. You know, when you're down, don't grow up here. Don't quit. Just keep going forward. If you need help, cool, but don't ever give up. Don't ever let the circumstances beat you down. And that's what being a man means to me. So when someone says grow up here, man up. I literally am having a hard time connecting what the negative is to that. Cool. Now to, and what I wanted to get from the guys who don't see it that way is what have you ever been in a situation where like someone did say something like that, but they were trying to just tear you down. I leave uh, it to the panel. Anthony, you're asking now. Go I, for I, it. I, I raise my I, I raise my hand. I go first. Um, <laughs> I, I I'll jump in. No, I, I I totally agree with these virtues that you're espousing here, Darnell. I mean, yeah, you should not. You should train yourself. It's a learned skill, you know. And you had a brotherhood in the military, you know. That's what I'm getting right. You said you were in the military, right? So, is that correct? Right? You said. No, I was explaining, you know, like when I first started having that slogan beaten into my head, that was right. like back in high school. That was I, back in high school, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and that's great. I mean, those virtues are a great thing. You know, don't give up, you know, rise above your challenge, you know, meet struggle. And my whole thing is I love the hero's journey. I love the whole concept of, you know, meeting challenges and not seeing them as something that's there to destroy you, but an opportunity to grow. <laughs> My only issue is is the terminology, and I'm a writer by trade as well, you know. And I went to school for you know just how, how to use words, and you know the focus I think needs to be on how those words are being used. And in the context of your life, you had people who were giving you constructive criticism, and the man up, you knew that when they said man up, it wasn't with a negative connotation, like you said. For someone like me, you know, and I grew up in an environment where there was a lot of machismo and a lot of, you know, I've written some articles about, you know, this cult of machismo uh, for Good Men Project. And it was my father was giving it to me, my brother, some cousins, other men were using those same words to batter me, you know, my mind, my heart and my soul. So it's definitely contextual based, you know, and I think that the virtues are there, the virtues that you espouse are great. But I would say my alternative would be say, yo, man, hero up, you know, or, yo, hey, man, 
uh, it's time to, you know, some other term because those terms that you use that people use to lift you up were used to oppress other people like myself. So it's just, it's not necessarily that the virtues are bad. And then, you know, there's a difference between in toxic masculinity. We talk about toxic masculinity, but it's really toxic humanity. It's anytime someone is coming to you and telling you, you can't feel a certain way. And if you, whether you're male or female, that's toxic because we're humans. We're supposed to be multidimensional, you know, and feel everything. But, you know, so that's my concern is, you know, there's a difference between being tough, which I feel like is the toxic side of being a man where it's like, you're aloof, you're alone. You don't need, you don't ask for help. You don't need anybody else. And you're isolating yourself versus strong where you can take criticism and you can be vulnerable, but still be self-confident, individualistic to the point where you're not being aloof. You know, so there's these nuances here that, so I think that's where we're kind of getting into the weeds is the nuance between, you know, what's the intention of the person using those terms? Cause I've gotten, you know, that was used to batter me and to, and to yeah. basically not to motivate me, but to tell me that I was less than a man, yeah. um, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's the other thing for women. What do you tell a woman? You're going to tell a woman to man up, you know, maybe it's something that we, it's just the terminology, you know? So it's really, it's that, yes, it can be used as a language of oppression or to, and to belittlement for other men, from men trying to feel superior to them. So it's the virtues are good. The terminology, I think, needs improvement because it could be totally used in a deconstructive way. Okay. Cool. So, Ali, Ali, you want to jump in? Sure. Um, yeah. Uh, just to really echo the sentiments of what was just said, um, you know, I'm a Gen Xer, I was born in the 70s, and uh, I'm also a gay man, and I was a very sensitive um, empathic, still, child, and um, being even teased and bullied and called, you know, all the disparaging terms for a gay person, before I even knew what I was or who I was or you know, I didn't even understand any of these things, you know, with those terms like man up, grow a pair, you know, be a man, you know, that all was said to me to make me feel less bad. And it was said to me in my home by my stepfather, who was one of my abusers. Um, and it was said to me by just about anybody that wanted to just drag me down. All my mentors, the men in my lives, like my big brother that I've known since I was eight years old and I still know him to this day, um, they never used those terms with me. They always said exactly what they wanted to say, exactly what they meant. They taught me that that's what integrity was. And that's, you know, so if they were telling me grow up, that's what they said, grow up. If they were saying stop whining and take care of business, that's exactly what they said. You know, mm. and then even when I became a father, my two boys, you know, I have two also very sensitive boys. They express those in different ways, though. One, a little bit more like me, and one, he's more on the machismo side of things. And sometimes I feel like it's a little toxic, you know, and I have to ask him what's going on because I certainly didn't teach you to be this way, you know. But um, when I would say those things to them, you know, trying to, you know, for whatever, put on something that wasn't really myself, they would look at me like, Dad, what are you saying? You know, Dad, I don't get it, you know. One, what my oldest, who's the more sensitive one, would sometimes actually just break down and cry. And that would break my heart, that I actually made my son feel that bad. And then my youngest son, who's the one that's more like the tough guy, he would like buck up and say, what, you want to go? And I was like, whoa, that's not the direction I want to go in either. You know, so that's the issue that I had with it. While I get what you're saying right now, I totally understand what you're saying. I read the article and I thought, okay, I can see where he's coming from. But the whole entire time it was still like, just say what you really mean. Say what you want to say. Why use all these other colloquialisms? Cool. And uh, Boysen, you want to 
great round. stuff. What I'm picking up on here, Darnell, thank you. you thank you. Awesome. Oh, I bow to you. Um, there's some beautiful stuff that I've been seeing about this man up thing. There's a community out there called man talks also that does, it's another podcast and he posted something out about, about manning up and it's time to reclaim that language. Mm -hmm. Um, and what Anthony said is for me is like on point is Alan Anthony it's context. Oh yeah. The context that I would, that I hear in, both of those stories and true for me also is the difference between uh, man up in the sense of effort and man up in the sense of feeling. Oh, yeah. So what I got a lot was, you know, man up, grow a pair when I show feeling. And that becomes immediately um, for most boys who don't have any understanding, you know, when we're really young, we have no understanding of like anything beyond that. So if I'm going to, if I'm feeling sad and somebody tells me to man up, that's encouraging me to shut down an emotional state that is totally natural and, and needs to be processed, you know, and processed through it. But then I, so so what did I do tonight to prepare for this call? I read your article to my 12-year-old daughter. <clears throat> That's what I did to prepare for the call tonight. And said, so how do you feel about that? And we talked about gymnastics. We talked about when she was doing gymnastics and would come out and was like, and I would go, you got this. And the you got this was my man up to her. So it was a shifting, and in my household, I'm in a household full of women, and in my household, it, um, you know, grow a pair of ovaries is something that I've heard mm. more than once <laughs> <laughs> in my household. But it's on this, it's on this kind of thing that you know I re refer to talk about growth in growth mindset. So it's like growth mindset. Take on a growth mindset. We're gonna we're gonna move. We're we're moving. So whatever we need to process emotionally, good. That's, that's your womanhood. That's your manhood. Bring it. Bring real men. It's the real men feel show. Bring it all. You know, let's work with that. And then, okay, what effort do we need to lean into now? So now let's lean into whatever needs to happen. So, yeah, I think context is really the, the key for me. And, and I think in the men's work that, that I do and in the Mankind Project, like the idea of get of getting your balls back mm -hmm. is baked into the cake in the work that we do. Like that idea of like reclaiming a sense of self empowerment mm -hmm. I can find that energy within to, to push through and lean in to what I'm doing. Um, and I always got to say this whenever the thing about balls comes up is like, grow a pair of balls like this is the most sensitive external <laughs> organ on the entire male body you, you, do you really want those things hanging out there where they can just get kicked slapped punched tweaked ripped no not really like balls are incredibly sensitive they're not like <laughs> things. they're these delicate little things so like why do we you know why do we kind of fetishize that that sensitive part of our anatomy. It's an interesting, interesting concept. What's the first thing you do when you play sports? Put on a friggin' cup. Yeah, right. Protect them. Yeah, it's a great point. Yeah, awesome. And I've both seen, uh, I'm sure you've all seen this quote. It's attributed to Betty White. I have no idea if that's true, but it's not, you know, not grow a pair, but it's like, you know, grow a pussy. That thing takes a pounding. Like that's the summation. Yeah. <laughs> like if you want to be tough, grow a pussy. <laughs> uh, it's a family show, folks. <laughs> Is it? But, uh, yeah. So, it, it, yeah, it all sounds like it, it's context for, for everybody and, and Darnell as well for both sides. And that's what yeah. I got from reading the, the article initially. Like, wow, I've never seen it as the positive. And it, and it was a beneficial phrase mm -hmm. or, you know, like what's been shared. Whenever I heard it, I, I it was at times of, of being emotional. So yeah. when I heard man up, it told me whatever I'm doing right now is not being not a man. 
Right. Yeah. So, and that, I mean, it took uh, the Mankind Project to, to heal that after years of believing that I, I wasn't a man. And that's kind of the genesis of this show. Like, you know, what if real men were, were thought of as people that were willing to feel? Um, and, yeah. and man up that phrase in, in my life and in the context was kind of against that. But yeah. I also believe it is, you know, I, I love the idea of like taking it back and, you know, owning these words again or making them mean something else. Cause even I used Grammarly to edit posts on the good men project and it alerted me to man up every time it was in this article. I was like, really? So it, you know, it, it warns me Possible gender bias language. Some readers may find man up dated or non-inclusive in this context. To avoid distraction, consider replacing with a neutral term. And that's kind wow. of what we're saying in the context. Wow. But yeah, it wanted, you, it wanted me to change every time you said man up to find courage and get brave. And I don't think those work as well. But, you know, um, you know in the article, you, Darnell, you say that man up means don't quit. Yeah. So and yeah. we just when Al mentioned, we'll just be clear, like, hey Darnell, don't quit. <laughs> like, let that be enough. And and, and yeah. toughen yeah. up and say what we mean. Um but that's, so that's, I just wonder, yeah, what 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 are your thoughts now? And and if we if you had never really Darnell seen experienced this this side, the, the perspective that other guys are sharing in that context, yeah. Um, I'm amazed if you haven't. Yeah. Well, let me see how I, I I will start off by explaining like this. I want to give a little feedback on how I was brought up. Mm. So my dad was one of the, he's one of the rare, and when I say rare, I mean rare blue dogs that still are openly out with those beliefs. So I was always raised conservative Democrat, which I know in 2018, people are like, that can't even be a thing anymore. (laughs) Yeah. That's a thing. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. So, you know, for us, it was when when people say "say what you mean." Those were the I was always around like very blue collar guys or very, you know, a lot of my friends are Tea Party people too. A lot of my friends are very Trump people too, and for me, while I had I didn't vote for the guy, one of the things I admired about him is he says what he means. And when people say, "Well, why don't you just say this?" In those contexts, the guys I grew up around, they grown a pair. That was what they really wanted to say. They didn't want to say, hey, you know what? Hey, here's some motivational speech. Here's some motivational motivational language. I want to pick you up. It's like, no, I want to tell you, you need to grow up here. Like, you're getting on my nerves, and I want to say it in a way that's going to rattle you emotionally. I want to say it in a way that's going to, you know, probably get you mad at me, too. And, like, I respond more to that than I do when someone's like, hey, you can do it, buddy. I'm like, yeah, whatever. But when somebody's like, man, you know what, dude? You complain all the time. And dude, I wish you would just grow up here. Like, you have a guy say something like that and look you directly in your eyes. I'm like, you know what? You're right. I do complain way too much. And if it wasn't for people saying it that way, nothing would have changed. So yeah. like, and I love what you said, what everyone has said about the context matters. Cause like, I can definitely see if I'm growing up in a household where someone, especially if someone is abusing someone, whether physical or emotional, obviously when they hear something like that, that's not gonna make them feel good. That's not gonna make them feel confident. You know, you're going to get torn down all the time. And I think, uh, you know, one of the big differences is that I had people explain the context to me. Mm. So I always knew why they were saying it. They never just put it out there. And then I also want to see if we can shift the conversation a little bit, because I, you know, I'm definitely a more conservative person. Um, I'm very... Like I said, I love his language, and I know a, pe- a lot of people don't like him, but I love his language because he just throws it out there. And I love people who are just like, who say this and who say that. Like when you talked about the Grammarly, and it's like, can you change this to a more general neutral term? I'm like, uh, whatever. Do you how do how do you guys feel about things like 
political correctness? Do you think it is there merit to it? I oh, definitely want to. I saw you. I saw. I saw the eyebrows. So I definitely. <laughs> I, I would love to respond. Um, so I hate it. Absolutely hate political correctness. Mm-hmm. I am definitely to say what you mean when you just say, but I'm also very, I can be very uh, provocative yeah. in things that I say. Um, in context, okay, so like I said, I don't really like that term, the whole man up or the girl up here. Yeah. And that is honestly because of my background. So my That's personal it. issue with it, okay? Um, Someone saying it to somebody else, well, they talking to them. They're not talking to me, so I really don't give a flying whatever about what they're saying. You know what I'm saying? Um, but if it's directed to me, again, context, I'm going to yeah. have to see who's saying it mm-hmm. and why they're saying it. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, for instance, we were talking about me and Carney Project, you know, so in that context, if one of my brothers from there says that to me, you know, we're going through whatever, a group meeting, whatever, and, and they look at me and they're like, dude, you just really need to grow up there. I'm not going to find that as harsh and offensive in, yeah. that, in that atmosphere, okay? Um, because I know where they're coming from. I know and I understand the intent and the heart behind yeah. what they're saying. Okay. Now, as for political correct language, I don't use it. I mean, I'm kind of using it now. I'm a little censoring myself, even though I know on the show that people don't. <laughs> I've heard all yeah. kinds of stuff said on the show. But right now, in this moment, as a little bit respect towards you, Darnell, I am kind of, you know, censoring my language just a little. Um, just by what you've said in, in regards to your background and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. But that's not to say I'm being wishy-washy in what I'm saying, you know. Um, but no, I don't like politically correct language at mm-hmm. all. Um, I do believe that there are certain words and terms that should never be ever uttered or said ever again in our language and in this country. But at the same time, you know, when you need to get your point across, you just really need to get it across. Mm-hmm. Yes, audience does play a factor in some mm-hmm. things, but sometimes, you know, you're in a, a theater and there's a fire, you know, people aren't listening. You can't be like, hey, excuse me, you know, the theater's on fire. No, look, it's just, it's fucking on fire. Get out of here. You know, you yeah. got to put it out there. So, yeah, yeah I hate to look correct. Yeah, and I mean, there is something to be said for anger and for frustration. I mean, you know, we're talking about real men feel anger, frustration. You know, we're not saying that those things are not allowed in the new man's world. You know, like new man is not just about being a snowflake. And I hate that term, but the new man is not just about being a sensitive, you know, not tough at all. You know, it's not about that. It's, but it's about reminding men that, you know, yeah, you can be aloof. You can be, you can be strong if you want, if that serves you. But just remember, you have the option of feeling differently. You have the option of crying if you want. And there's a lot of men that don't think that. So that's okay. the thing is like, you know, men are, men are socialized to be angry and aloof and not ask for help and supposed to be the tough guy all the time. And you're not supposed to look weak. What, you know? So, you know, that's, that's great that, yeah, sometimes I think that the socialization, because we've been socialized that, we need anger. We need a friend to get angry at us and to get frustrated with us and get pissed off at us. Because, you know what, dude, you're... I'm getting sick of hearing you talk like that. And, you know, and what I find though is like a lot of time you talk to another guy like that today, it's like these days they just get their back up. They don't go, Mm. Oh yeah, you're right, man. I need to, man, I need to chill. You know, they go, what, what, you know? And so I feel like today in today's environment, it's like, sometimes you need to just go that, you know, you can't hit them with that anger. So it depends. Again, it's contextual. If it was one of my friends, you know, maybe I'll listen. If they're like, come on, man, you need to, you need to snap out of it. You know, come on. Yeah. So I know what you're saying. I mean, I absolutely agree. It's just that I think a lot of men don't know they have the option of, hey, if they ever feel like breaking yeah. down and crying or being vulnerable, some men don't think they have that option. And I yeah. think that that's what, you know, 
I worry about when it's like, oh, just man up. I'm like, all right, how many times have I heard that? You know, so for me, it was never constructive. So that's why all rep alternatives, like, you know, I'm really into like the traditional mythological ancient hero's journey structure. So it's like hero up. You see an obstacle, you you get that growth mindset like Boysen was talking about and you go, all right, solution time. You just don't go, oh man, I'm cursed. Why me? The world's like this and I'm just, this is my destiny and blah, you know? So it's, but I totally understand that sometimes men need that anger. They need, they need to, they just don't go, oh, it's a bra time. And it's just because of how we're socialized, you know? So yeah, they're not going to respond to that. So I agree with you there. I mean, as far as political correctness, you know, I, listen as a white man in america like i've i've had a lot of privilege that, that just i'm just like the fish swimming in the water doesn't know it's breeding water you know so it's and i'm i'm i will be readily the first one to say that admit that that i have gotten a lot of privilege in in this world so it's like i don't know what you know to be in the shoes of a minority or a woman you know so for me it's easy to go ah eh, screw political correctness blah if i wanted to but i, I I have, I feel like I'm enlightened enough to go, you know what? I'm not this type of disadvantaged person. I'm not. And if people think that some people haven't been disadvantaged over the past few hundred, you know, years or millennia, you're, you're, you're crazy because, you know, different people, especially women have been totally like dominated, you know, over the centuries and just within the last century, they got the right to vote and all these other things and control their own biological productive destinies. So, but then for, you know, for people who are not white, you know, it's also been a struggle for them as well. So, and, you know, it's this, eh, you know, yeah. The, the thing is, should we be so sensitive where we can't talk to each other and where, no, I, I think we have gotten a little too sensitive with like trigger warnings, the beginning of articles and, you know, be careful, like yeah. and safe spaces on college campuses. No, hell no. That's a college campus where you're supposed to get torn up and your ideas are supposed to be punched in the face and you are supposed to, but the thing is, are we teaching young people the tools to be able to take that punishment to their ideas and, and still, and come out, you know, changed and improved for the challenge rather than going, oh, you hurt my little feelings, you know, yeah, I don't believe that people should be in that condition. So I think that there's this sensitivity that we're all responding. I don't know if it's, see, the thing is, I don't know if, you, if it applies to political correctness anymore. So if it's a new term, it's like, and people use the term snowflake, but I, I don't know. I don't like that term. So, yeah. but it's just, you know, yeah, there's, I think we maybe are too sensitive and we're too, the safe space. I don't believe in that either, but you know, I also believe that there is a place for protecting people that need protecting. So, but so rich. Yeah, you, you, you want to talk, Andy, or you? No, I'm go for sorry. it, man. Darnell. You were coming back. Come on back. Oh, you know. yeah, because he he hit on something that's very interesting. While I was, because when you told me you wanted to talk about this on the Real Mathfield podcast, I was like, let me try to look into some other meanings to it, and I came across this horrible website called Return of Kings. Uh, if you know and it's more of the um they definitely support toxic masculine masculinity mm -hmm. yeah and they're they're because there's a context matters for me it's like you know you you should be able to say you know i'm feeling down and have that time where you could be vulnerable and you can be emotional so I'm not disregarding that because like in those contexts when they're telling me to be a man, they they always allow me to have like that time for myself when I need to feel a certain way. So I'm glad he said that because there is this, I know there is this, there are negative people out there who are like, you know what, if you don't do this, if you're not out here banging a whole bunch of women, if you're not out here just behaving erratically, then you're not a real man. And, you know, I definitely push back against those people because I know that they're definitely not using be a man as a good thing. They're saying, you know, if you don't live your life exactly how we won't believe it should be lived. And if you, you know, especially if you support me too or anything like that, then it's like, no, you know, you're not a real man. You know, so I'm glad, you know, I definitely want to add that, you know, you should be able to to feel vulnerable mm. you definitely should be able to put that out there and you know again the context matters you should have like a support group who can you know do both of those things who like you know what forget all this 
you know, horrible man shouldn't be allowed to cry. You know, you don't go up to a guy who lost like a family member and be like, be a man, get over it. It's like, no, like you need the time to grieve. Don't, you know, if he's getting to the point where he's just letting it completely destroy his entire life and he doesn't want to, you know, do anything or take care of his kids or anything, then yeah, that's probably in the moment where you like need to step in and be like, okay, this is going on too far. But for these guys who say that you shouldn't be allowed to be emotional, that's a whole bunch of crap. You know, that, that has no place in masculinity. It has no place in the world, really. So those, and I, I definitely want to, that's why I put that little disclaimer, because I'm like, man, I do not want to be associated with people like Return of Kings. Uh, I, I don't, I don't want any part of that. So. Yeah, I don't know if um, you've seen, you've listened to any of the MGTOW episodes that Andy and I did, or the, I read any of the articles I did on that, but yeah, that we went down the really ugly rabbit hole of all that, those yeah. kind of people with like, kind of like almost like a eugenics mindset where it's like women are this yeah. way and men are this way and oh, we're just yeah. our biology and it's just that's it and we'll never change and oh yeah it's like women are the root of all evil crap it's like oh my god like no wonder you're miserable man like you know yeah. you see this wor the world yeah. in such a crazy way but eh, you know oh yeah ag agree to disagree but whatever <laughs> yeah it's some messy stuff over there man but yeah so um I I got bullet points. I got to go back to political correctness. Can we go back to political? Oh, correctness? oh yeah, for sure. A little bit. Um, for, uh, I see political correctness. Language changes. This is my, the first point that I wrote down. So, and language is frequently held by the people at the top of the hierarchy, by the people in the most powerful positions in the hierarchy. So. If I had walked into the room and started referring to you as boy, and then you called me out for that, <laughs> and I said, oh, no, I'm not going to participate in your political correctness. No, it's still fucking wrong. Because time has changed. Right. And the hierarchy that was where a white-skinned person could call an African-American person basically whatever they wanted to, like, that's done. Yeah. That time's done. Thank God. And so for me, like, political correctness is where, where I hear a lot of, like, kind of ranting and raving is, is kind of, like, I don't want to be held accountable for what I say. <laughs> So I'm going to say whatever the hell I want and you can't hold me accountable for it because then I'm just going to call you being politically, you're just another politically correct social justice warrior snowflake. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Because I don't get to say whatever I want to say and not be accountable for my, the impact of my words. <laughs> and to me, like, so I'm, I am for evolution of language. I am for um, breakdown and questioning and interrogation of old hierarchies. Like I'm, I'm about that. And I survived the blizzard of 78. So if you don't believe that snowflakes are fucking powerful, <laughs> sit down. <laughs> like we got that. And the, the college campus thing, I hear everybody say this, like safe spaces on college campuses and all this stuff. And like, do you have an example? Do you have that in your real life experience? What I witness is a lot of people like pointing at college campuses and saying that's what's true about college campuses who aren't on college campuses. Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, I haven't yeah. really been and existed on a college campus in two decades. So yeah, yeah. I'm not a teacher on the college campus. So if you think it's different, I mean, you know, and honestly, maybe that's just a symptom of our modern age where the spin machine is so powerful now, because yeah, yeah. honestly, and maybe I've been watching too many videos from the other side of the of the of the aisle or the, the mentality, because, you know, I, I've watched videos of Jordan Peterson getting attacked, you know, by and I don't really I'm not a really big Jordan Peterson fan at all. But I've watched, you know, but I, I, and there's been other videos of like professors getting attacked and arguing mm -hmm. with students 
And, you know, it, but those are just a few instances. So you're right, boys. Right. And like, maybe we're inflating this. We're conflating this whole thing just from like a few examples of videos of people going, you know, a student, maybe there's a couple, one or two students I've seen on video going, I need to be protected on this campus. You're like, oh, see, look, they're all snowflakes. So that's oh, yeah. a log that's a logical fallacy. That's a logical now, fallacy on all our parts. Go back to 68, go back to 66, go back to 63. Was that political correctness on campuses when, you know, or 69, Summer of Love? Was that political correctness that was trying to stop the Vietnam War? Was Martin Luther King, you know, was that just a bunch of snowflakes not wanting to, you know, trying to prevent change? And, right. you know, yeah, that's a great point. For, yeah. for myself, I mean, my experience with the college campus was at a Bible college. Okay, and if any place that you would think would be full of snowflakes would be at a Bible college, if any place you would think would be a quote safe space would be at a Bible college, but none of it existed. Mm. None of it. Mm. I mean, to me, safe space. It, I mean, in, in in the public arena, well, pretty much anywhere, it's non-existent. I mean, mm. it's like security. Security is a fallacy. Nothing's secure. Anything can happen mm. anytime. Anything can be defeated. Okay? It's we're just trying to placate ourselves and thinking, well, if you don't say this or if you don't have that and these opinions that don't come out that don't offend me or not there or that do offend me or not there, then well now I'm safe. But then you know what? You still have to get up and go somewhere. Whether it's get on a bus, a train, and a car, mm -hmm. a highway, mm -hmm. something. Guess what? Those are not safe spaces. <laughs> what are you gonna mm. do then? Yeah. You know. So I know that's broad in what I'm saying, but at the same time, you know, it's it's still very, you know, much accurate. Nothing safe. There is no safe space. Period. And people should be allowed to say what they want to say. However, there's got to be accountability. Oh yeah, you're not free from exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's right. There, there should be consequences. Yes, you can say anything you want, but it's okay for the rest of society to say, you know what? That's not, you know, that's not a good thing that you did. So we're not going to like you very much. That's the thing. And and you know, a lot of these people that I've run into on the MGTOW and MRA side, you know, they sit and they spout off all this garbage about how terrible women are and how you know, there's the the men that don't want to dominate women are just the simps to the women's gynocentric agenda blah but I as soon as you, as soon as these were called beta male beta males beta males right. simps yeah. cups yeah. you know all that phrases i know nothing about so, and here's the secret here's the secret handshake for the MGTOW club it's so petty and childish anyway uh don't get me started but the, the I'm afraid way, it's too late. Yeah, right. But the thing is, is that, you know, yes, I don't want the government legislating what I say or anyone asks. What, right. We should have free speech. Right. But society, the people around you and the people that hear those words you say, they get to strike back. They get to talk back to you. And you know who the snowflakes are? Are the people that can't take it when they dish it out, but they can't take it. If you can dish it out, but you can't take it, you're the snowflake. So all these MGTOW people and all these MRAs and all these people that I, and all these racists and everything, when they go, oh, you dope, you know, you can't infringe my speech. No, the government doesn't want to infringe on your speech. No one's coming after your, your, your free speech. That's a fallacy. What, the, what, what happens though is if you dish it out and then someone says, Yo, dude, I don't like what you just said. I'm going to get in your face yeah. about it. Then they go, oh, wait a minute. Now you're PC police. You're police me. No, dude, you're just getting consequences for what you said. And you should be able to take it if you're such a tough guy. But, oh, wait, who's the snowflake? Yeah. <laughs> Mike drop pretty, pretty much the... I'm just, know, saying what I, I'm just saying what I feel. I'm just saying what I mean. Yeah. I'm just talking, you know. Yeah, it reminds me of... It reminds me of pretty I'm much... Days. Tell it how it is. Yeah. You what can, did you say there now? Yeah. It, like what he says reminded me of just like news these days where like you always hear this word bias thrown around and it's like I can be biased but you can't. You know, mm. I can point out your bias all day but you know, I can't I can't deal with what I dish out. You know? And it's, you know, it's just 
when it comes to political correctness, I draw, uh, there's two ways I look at it. There's people who seem to get offended when you point out things that are true. And then there are people who just want to say things, who want to try to, like the term snowflake, I do not like Tommy Lauren. And I can tell people like that, they're just trying to say something to gauge a reaction. They want to try to push this button. Mm -hmm. And then, so what I was getting at when I brought up political correctness was, like for me, when those guys said be a man, they were just pointing out something that, in my opinion, needed to be pointed out. Mm. And like when when I hear people say, you know, you, I, I I'm trying my best to take in the, you know, maybe you want to change your terminology, but half a that's the only part where I say I'm having a a difficult time agreeing. Which, and I, I want to hear more. Want to hear more about i'm sorry i forgot your name so i'm gonna just call you um guy with the the black pullover poison uh, <laughs> yeah poison hey i'm 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 interested to hear more about you know the the take ownership of the words thing and i also want to talk to anthony more about just the what what do you do you think there's a fine like how I hear a lot of people say that some I'm trying to see how I can word this correctly. When it comes to political correctness, I want to know do you see that do you believe there's just two sides to that debate? Like is there a difference between, you know, someone says something like, okay, like I I work with a lot of at risk use and someone will say like okay crime is high in that neighborhood and people will be like don't say that that's offensive i don't see that and then you know there are people who want to be very pc about that and then there are other people who you know they just they want to say things that are hurtful like the example boys and gave about boy i can understand i understand you know how that's not using political correctness is not it's not warranted in that argument if if that's coming out good enough. Right. Poison, you want to take that? I think that's an interesting and thank you for that. That that helps. So is it factually accurate? What I heard you say, people get offended when when people speak the truth. Yeah. And I have a big distinction between my truth, my truth, and the truth. <clears throat> Factually accurate information. Yeah. That can be backed up. And, yes. And, and my truth, which is basically like my opinion that you can't question because I called it my truth. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. I, and I think that there's distinct, the, the specific example that you used yeah, that, that neighborhood is in, in the city where I live, too. <laughs> and I find myself, it, it's another one of those, it, are we going to believe the hype about, about particular things? Are we going to take it face value um, unless it can be backed up? Like, yeah. You know, like, okay, so there's the neighborhood. Well, let's talk about the neighborhood specifically. <laughs> Who is at risk in the neighborhood? What kind of crime is in the neighborhood? Yeah. It, you know, is it, is it backed up by, by data and then look at yeah. it? But just to say, yeah, I kind of go along with that. Like, oh, yeah, oh, that's an uncomfortable truth. Yeah. Mm. I'm Not, just going to have to sit with that uncomfortable truth. Oh, uh, yeah. Because yeah. I see, especially with the, like in the news, there's the caravan. And there's so many, you know, people are saying these people are this and this people are that. And there's no actual data to back up anything that they're saying. Thank so they're you. just saying these are horrible people who are going to do horrible things. And there's no data. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, I love what you just said about the truth and my truth. You know, their, their individual truth is these people are horrible, but they have nothing to actually back it up. Thank you. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's because the truth has become so malleable. And for me, I really think the only truth is, you know, do unto others as you would like to have done unto you, you know, and uh, treat each other with dignity and human respect that all human beings should be given. To me, that's the only truth. Everything else is just gravy and opinion and everyone's got one. Like, you know, what else, you know, uh, everyone's got, you know, a lot, you know, a certain thing down south, right? Uh, And we all like, but see, the thing is, that's the thing is that, yes, truth. Otherwise, the most of the truth we're getting spattered on the media is, is like politically rendered, spun, yeah. you know, and pr- processed. And you won't want to eat it if they packaged it and, you know, <laughs> all the preservatives and tr- crap in it. You know, so, you know, all this stuff about, yeah, the truth has become for sale and it's a commodity now. And with yeah. the, the fake news, anyone who uses that term is just a spinmeister. And it's, it, again, like Boyson said, it was like, if it's, in, if it's an inconvenient thing or fact or inconvenient fact that comes up, go, oh, fake news. And it's yeah. just because, you know, and it's weird because I started college. We, I think a lot of us Gen Xers here started college and the internet was like this new thing in 19, the mid 1990s. And you're like, oh, this is going to be it. It's the boy. The next, it's going to democratize the world and freedom for everyone and information. And oh, yeah. now it's like, like any other tool human beings create, it can be used to harm or, or, or heal. And yeah, so it's up to us to use it properly. So yeah, I mean, and, and political correctness, I think is just another tool and another, mm. it's, it's become so muddy. The meaning of it has mm. become so muddy yeah. now that it's, a, it's meaningless now. And I think, and it's all again, context when a Democrat says political correctness, and a, and a Republican says political correctness. They mean two different things. So they're oh, playing. Yeah. It's like I'm going to play basketball with you, but I'm bringing over my baseball stuff. You know, <laughs> so the, when the context is wrong and you're not agreeing on the rules, it, words are pointless. And you know, yeah. and we could be saying yeah. the same words, but we mean two totally different things. So it's become so politicized. So I have to say too, as a as a someone who once was a uh, at risk youth. I grew up in uh, the ghetto, literally. You can look it up. I grew up in a small town, a small city called Chester, Pennsylvania. It's just outside of Philadelphia. Mm. It has a very violent past in history mm-hmm. and still to this day. Yeah. Um, those of us that did grow up in those situations that live day to day and face that every day, we really would not be offended by someone speaking the truth that mm-hmm. where we live is pretty violent and high risk and high crime um, because we see it. You see, mm-hmm. I think those that say would really say, you know, well, don't say that to them or about them because they'll get offended. No, we won't get offended. Those that are saying that are really not fully seeing the picture, <laughs> maybe not even from where we're from. <laughs> I mean, those of us that grew up in those areas, we see it, we face it every day. Why would we get offended about what we see? People coming into yeah. our homes or, you know, doing stuff on our streets that it's just not good. Murdering, killing, you know, that's the truth that happens. That's not an offense, you know. Anthony. And, oh, I'm sorry. I'm good. Um, Anthony, yeah. how do you, when you look at platforms like Return to Kings, how do you, like, what are y'all ideals for bridging conversations? Because there's so many guys who, like you said about the internet, it, it, you know, you think it would be this thing where, you know, truth would, you know, reign free, but it, it's been the alternative where it's like, okay, I can, whatever I believe, I can find a little niche that reinforces everything I believe. So if I don't agree with, you know, treating women with respect, I have, you know, returned to Kings and I can go there. How, you know, I'm, how do you bridge, you know, start, how do you talk to those guys? Like, how do you have those conversations? Yeah, it's a great question. And I mean, I've struggled with that. Trust me. I mean, and I, yeah. you know, I didn't know during the course of this, you know, conversation we've had, you know, I feel like I've, I feel bad because I come down on them because I, you know, I, you need to be, if you, if we want to make change in the world, we need to be the first to extend the open hand. Those of us who are awake and aware mm-hmm. of that there's a better way that we need to start seeing each other as human beings, goddammit, again, rather than yeah. the ideologies that we've glommed onto because we're all just scared animals, really, at the end of the day, for the most part. But we also have this divine spark. But the fear, I take positive, I'm taking a positive psychology course now 
And, mm. you know, we have a very strong negativity bias as human beings. That's our legacy of our animal instinct and our defense mechanisms. But we, so we need a lot more positivity to counteract it, you know? Yeah. So, and it's, but no one's given us a manual for being a human being, you know, but that's what people need to be taught is that emotions like positive emotions can be used to counteract the negativity. So with those kind of people, you need to meet them where they're at. They're, you know, all, yeah. all of us men have been fed up most, most of us have been fed this, you know, you are the man, you got to dominate, you got to have yeah. the best car, the best woman, you, you got to spread those genetics, man, you know, and it's, yeah. you got to, dom- you're on top, you got to be alpha dog. And it's just like, you know, when you're coming at from there, you, if you're a man who, who knows that you can break free of that man box, yeah. you're going to go in. My, like my wife, she was a social worker and she, you know, and, and the positive psychology thing, they teach you, you got to meet people where they are. You know, yeah. you can't just go to them like you were saying earlier and go, I'm going to change your life. And I got good news. And it's, yeah, you're, you're doing it wrong. You can't, yeah. you got to go, okay, man, I hear you. I hear you coming up, but let me just say, I'm hearing this, 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 you know, and just give them suggestions on, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe you can think of it this way and, you know, maybe they'll shut you down and go, whatever, you're, you're a simp, you're a cuck. And that's what I mean. Yeah. It's like they have a patented answer that someone's given them in a little package that says, if a man talks to you like this, this, and this, he's a yeah. simp cuck beta male for the other side. So when, when someone is giving you, this is, this is reality, and this makes you feel safe, because that's all we want is we all want to feel safe. We all want to feel protected, yeah. and that we want a clean, defined universe for our world. So when, you know, so when you, that's why we latch on to these ideologies so strongly. So you got to just chip away slowly. And that's why Martin Luther King said the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice because that's because human beings can be so hard to change. So we, we who are awakened, you know, enlightened and, and realize that we need to treat each other as human dignity. We need yeah. to extend the open hand first and treat them like human beings, which honestly for a lot of guys have maybe not been treated like human beings rather than just man monsters for their entire lives. Yeah. So we need to do, we need to be the change makers and open it. And even if that open hand gets slapped away dozens and dozens of times, sometimes someday someone's going to accept it and oh, there's yeah. a breakthrough. So, because you know. I'm, I'm telling you, once I looked at that site and I started reading a different perspective, like, like we, I started reading their perspective on being a man, you know, that was like, you know, I, st- I put a disclaimer in my article about creating conversation. I want to figure out a way to, you know, start talking and engaging those guys. Cause I know it can be harmful if it's just like, if you continue to just let them dwell in this little atmosphere where they think everything is right, they'll never change. And I'm like, you know, how can we, you know, what can we do, you know, take away from this conversation a way of let's actually reach out to those people. Let's start seeing if we could bridge some type of build some type of bridge. Yeah, I think it starts with kindness and just treating them like a, like disarming them with kindness and humanity. Yeah. Yeah. It's listening. It's what we did with MGTOW. Exactly. Yeah. Um, exactly. I invited guys to have a conversation and I just listened. Yeah. Yeah. Cause and what I loved about the MGTOW organization and the, the movement, rather, they said, our goal is to have happier men. Yeah. It's like, great. I meet you there. Right. So return to any other group. In, until someone in, this, in, in a group, in some sort of mindset or philosophy, is not happy with that, mm-hmm. they're not interested in changing. So right. don't condemn. Don't just like just be there when when so be willing to have them reach out to you. You you can't like go in there. Go hey, you're wrong, and you know you're not going to do this well. And I'll you know just observe, listen to them, and observe. Right, and be there when they need you. That's yeah. it. Exactly. Just yeah. say hey, this is what I believe. I, I I think that you know I'm just saying that I believe this differently. You know, just putting it out there, and then say okay, I'll see you later. Yeah. Otherwise, you're like a missionary traveling to some new island going, hey, you're all living the wrong way. And what the hell you think you're doing? And <laughs> my way. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No one wants to be forcibly, you know, converted. Yeah. I see Al sitting there just saying, yeah. thank God I'm not in those spaces. <laughs> well, I, you know, it's, it's really opening my mind because I've not really looked in those spaces. Um, you know, I just was like, not nothing, nothing I want to have to do with. Yeah. Um, but the funny thing is, is on the flip side of that, as the communities that I do walk in, like with the gay community and whatnot, like, man, it's just as toxic, you know. Yeah. But 
listening to you guys speak and, and the things that you're saying, I mean, I have to say, like, I do these things not with those other communities because I just haven't reached out and even read anything on what they have to say. Um, but as a dad, I do those things. I can't just say to my boys, yo, you gotta, because I've tried it. And they look at me like, dad, you don't know anything, you know? But when I just say, put whatever it is I have to say out there, and then I just listen to them, and I observe, and I say, okay, you know, or say, well, you might want to try, blah, 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 or think about this way. And I don't force it on them. I just let it go. You don't have to do what I'm telling you or saying. I'm just giving you something to think about. Mm -hmm. And then more often than not, they come back and they say, Dad, you were right. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we're describing here what a real, quote, alpha male is. And the ones that are the, quote, beta males are the ones that think they're alphas and they're having these toxic, you know, lives and and living this way of, of being that's just not good for even themselves. So that's where I'm at. I really appreciate this conversation. Um, Absolutely. It has really opened up a lot for me, you know, um, to want to challenge myself a little bit more and read a little bit of the stuff that I think is yeah. kind of icky, you know, um, to see really truly what is out there um, and just to make myself grow. Because I, you know, you guys have said it, you know, do unto others, blah, blah, blah. But I take that a different step. I look okay. at it as you, I mean, you are me and I am you. Anything I say or do, positive or negative, to you, I'm doing it to myself. And that's the way I look at it. Cool. Well, I want to point, we've been going for an hour. I want to acknowledge everyone's time. And I do know that if I don't do that, Anthony will keep you here for another hour for sure. <laughs> I like um, to talk. Did I mention that? Look. <laughs> yeah, it's been great. You guys are amazing. It's, this has been an amazing conversation. Thank you so much. for. Yeah, I've been checking the time. It's like, like I, I wanted to, you know, I didn't want it to go this long, but then it was like, it goes like that. Yeah. I know. I noticed you guys. I, I was gonna try to, you know, protect your time, Darnell, but like, oh, he's he's still into this. All right. Yeah. But uh, but so I want I want I do want to give you the chance for 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 any final words, any way you want to sum this up. I think it's the way I was summing up is I, you know, I think things like this are necessary. You know, you need to have a platform where you can, in a very respectable manner, just say, okay. I don't understand something. I'm coming to y'all to, to get this perspective. You can actually listen and see where you agree with people at on points and, you know, let the conversation build from there. And instead of, you know, doing it the opposite is what you see on like TV a lot, cable news and stuff where it's like, well, let me just focus on what I don't agree with you about. And then we'll spend like an hour yelling at each other. You know, I, I love, you know, how well the conversation just flowed and everybody was respectful on one another. And, you know, I, I definitely would love to talk to, you know, Anthony more about, you know, trying to, maybe we could, you know, try to invite somebody, you know, if it's okay with you, obviously, and, you know, invite people on to, from the, you know, that, that other, I'm going to just refer to them as that other website and just try to, you know, build dialogue. Cause I, I, you know, I, when I was at my most insecure, I definitely was one of those guys who went out and I'll admit, I bought Neil Strauss's the game. So, you know, I'm not going to tear those guys down too horrible, but I will, you know, I know that there, you know, there's potential to, you know, create dialogue with a lot of those guys. And I want to see if maybe we can, you know, have a real man feel podcast where we bring one of them on and just, like you said, Andy, just listen, you know, just listen, you know. And then, boys, and, you know, I would, no, no disrespect to Al and Anthony. I just, you know, are you Andy? I just, it's something about him, man. Like, like, you know, I would love to just talk more with him also, just chop it up with him. You know, he's a very intellectual guy. Okay. You know, he challenged me on the um, the evolution of language thing. 
and the whole boy example. You know, if someone came up to me and said, boy, you know, that that, that was very challenging. You know, that definitely, you know, it, it makes you look at things from a different perspective. So, you know, he had a great point of just the evolution of language. And, and then just hearing about, you know, Al's story, you know, how, you know, being man definitely was not something was positive in his life. You know, it was used to tear him down. You know, it's, 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 it's good for people like me who see being a man as not having any type of negative connotation to hear that story and hear, you know, just how bad that was for him. And yeah, man, it's just been a great conversation where you, you know, you, you learn from different perspectives and, you know, you, you challenge yourself to grow a little bit. Cool. So uh, thank you for writing the article. Thanks, everyone, for, for joining us for the conversation. Thanks, everyone, listening. Um, Darnell, you're welcome to go put your hand in any horse nest you want to try to pull up some guests. We welcome you to do it. Um, but beyond that, uh, you know, everyone have a, a great night. Uh, and be good to yourselves. Thank you. Great talking to you guys. Thank you for listening to Real Men Feel. Reach out to us at realmenfeel at gmail.com. Learn more about Andy Grant at theandygrant.com. Until next time, visit realmenfeel.org or the Real Men Feel Facebook group and share what you thought of this episode. Please give this podcast a review on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you are discovering Real Men Feel. Visit goodmenproject.com for more of the conversations no one else is having.